you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Hi, I'm Megan Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. Well, we're coming at you live, sort of live. From quarantine yet again. Yep, still in self-quarantine, still not recording from the same location, but, you know, getting the episodes to the people. (laughs) We're just like... What else are we going to do? Exactly. I mean, we're also just like, it's kind of nice to just be on my couch and be able to chat with you and like, you're on your bed with the cats who are in the frame right now that I can see. Hello. I mean, this is like, you know, this is it now. We're in it, you guys. Yeah. Also, I just feel like it's a great time to remind everyone you can be listening to The Daily Dish on Spotify. The Daily Dish was featured recently on Spotify's The Daily Drive Weekend Playlist. So make sure you check it out. It will continue to suggest podcasts that are perfect for you based on things you've been listening to. And I personally love Spotify. I've used it for a while. I'm like one of the premium users and it just makes me so happy. It always curates the best playlists for me. And it does the same thing for podcasts, like you said. So... Check it out, you guys. Also, I think it's been nice because obviously, Eric, I miss your face so much that we've been doing some Instagram lives since we've been home. Lately, we got on Instagram live to talk about gallery girls and NYC prep. And we want to know what shows you guys are interested in us discussing next. Our whole goal is to binge shows together and then get on Instagram live and talk about them. Yeah, and we'll also be releasing a lot of those conversations as bonus episodes of the podcast. So just in case you miss the IG lives when they happen, you can catch up right here and listen to what we talk about. So far, we've done a bunch, like you said, Gallery Girls, NYC Prep, but we also talked to some of the Roni ladies on the Bravo Instagram a couple weeks ago. We've done a few from our personal accounts where we're talking about Gallery Girls, NYC Prep, all of that. And then a couple from the Bravo Daily Dish Instagram handle where I talked to Leah. So you guys will actually hear that interview in next week's episode, but it came straight from the Instagram live that we did. So, I mean, it's like you said, just a way for us to see each other, to connect, to have a little bit of fun, to not we go- We see each training. other. We see each other. We do. Mm-hmm. Today 
is a day I've been looking forward to for a long time because we finally get to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere. I can't believe it. It's here. It's upon us. It's upon us. We're also going to be talking about Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Atlanta. Plus, as many of you guys know, I began on the podcast with a very special segment called the Most Erica Jane Moment of the Week. And this week... We have an interview with Erica Girardi, which was so major for me. I was so excited to get to talk to her. And it just like brought my whole journey full circle. Plus, we have an interview with Tom Sandoval where we talk a little bit about what's going on with him and Jax, all of that good stuff, maybe. <laughs> Not so good stuff. And then, of course, we'll end with Rose and Thorne. Yeah. All right. Can we please get to the Beverly Hills premiere? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Where do you want to begin? Okay, so I feel like we need to start with New York Fashion Week because immediately we get the ladies going there because not only do they go because they're fabulous and rich and what else are they going to do, but because Kyle is having a fashion show that all the ladies are going to walk in. Mm -hmm. I loved that immediately we got Dorit just shading the crap out of Kyle. I mean, like, how do you have a clothing line and not know what's in it? How do you have a line that you haven't even seen the pieces? What is this? I didn't see this print either. I I mean, I don't know what this is. What? You just woke up and said, why don't I just throw my name on it and it'll be a success? She, like, admits that all she does is really send photos of things she likes in nature to this woman who's like, all right, I... Yes, I'll take this idea and make a dress out of it. Right. How do you have um, a show with no fashions? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I guess it is a little bit insulting to someone like Dorit, who is an actual designer and not just because she was a real housewife, because she was doing that long before she joined the show and who, you know, has experience and has the, all the skills required for doing something like that. Yeah, I was definitely team Dorit through this whole experience and team the other women that Kyle was working with during the fashion show. That were Um, just ready to kill her. We know Kyle very well at this point. She does have struggles with anxiety and she's very open about that. But I, I think in certain situations and especially when it's fashion week and you have a show like this and a big production that you're putting on that has to be organized so perfectly, everything has to be timed, everything has to be in order. It's not the best environment for someone like Kyle to thrive. And it just was so painfully obvious in this episode, you know, and it's just sort of like, oh, my God, I just am. I'm so glad I was so far away from that situation. And and I feel like we should also mention that, you know, when we talked about the Real Housewives of New York premiere last week how much time they spent on Bethany not being part of the show and we were kind of wondering if they would do the same thing with Lisa Vanderpump and really we just got one little nod to her but otherwise like there was no time spent on Vanderpump no I mean I did feel that that voiceover was very strange and just sort of came out of nowhere I mean obviously the literal moment was Rinna putting on a crown. Crown is heavy, darling. So just leave it where it belongs. 
it just it seemed so odd to me you know like it was addressing it without addressing it and I, I almost wish they had done it in a Bethany way where just at the beginning but you know we sort of knew that she wasn't coming back it was such a different exit from the show than Bethany's but yeah that was a little bit bizarre to me. I do know that when we were in communication with production when they were filming the season you know I was requesting a lot of different videos with the ladies that we could share with fans right away. And one of the questions was a reaction to the fact that Lisa Vanderpump wasn't coming back. And they made it clear, like, these women will not be uttering her name. So I just think that with the Bethany thing, it's just different because I think they were shocked. Yeah. Well, especially after the reunion the fact that she didn't show up, they're just sort of like, we need to move on from this and continue the show without her because that's the circumstances we're in. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on the new gals. Okay. Yes. Garcelle, so far so good. I mean, I like her. I like the energy she's bringing into this show. She seems fun, but serious. I think she has a lot to offer in terms of her story and what she's going to be dealing with in her personal life. And I have watched a little bit ahead as I'm sure you have too. So I know we're going to see some of that play out this season, but you know, honestly having a person of color on this show is refreshing. And I also just really am, you know, I actually interviewed Garcelle last week and that episode will be coming out in a few weeks. I asked her all about the fact that like she is a well-known actress and there is this idea that reality TV is so below professional, you know, actors. And how was she able to deal with that fact? And was her ex-husband, who is also an agent, like, what did he think about it? So that, it's just like, I always find that part of this franchise so fascinating. That these are women that, like Lisa Renna, Denise Richards, and now Garcelle, these are people we've known outside of this Real Housewives universe. Yeah. And to be fair, Erica Jane, because I was a big fan of hers pre-Housewives. <laughs> uh, well, it's a little bit more niche, but okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Perhaps not the same level as Denise Richards. Like, yeah. star, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I want to talk about, too, Kyle's bangs, because we made a joke, I think, last week about Kyle's bangs being the eighth housewife on yeah. the show. And we were sort of, you know, gently shading her choice of bangs. But I didn't even put it together that it's because her character, Lindsay Wallace, in the Halloween movies had bangs as a child. And she is reprising that role in the new movie, which Danny's a huge horror movie fan. He loves Halloween. He's obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis. And we were very excited when we found out Kyle was returning to the movie franchise. So the reason she has the bangs is because she has this role. So she gets a pass. Yes, and I, I like that she explained that, but also acknowledged that bangs are not a good look on her. But cutting my hair was the director's idea because these bangs are not a good look for me. Right, bangs are extremely tricky. tricky. I'm glad she is in the new Halloween movie because I think that will be good. Do guys have the same struggle with bangs? Like, because I know a guy can have bangs, but it's usually in like a bowl cut situation. Like, you don't ever have to go through life being like, should I get bangs? <sighs> well, no, right. Yeah. I mean, some people, I guess, if they grow out their hair, you can get like, you know, the swoop in the front or something oh, like, like that. Like the but Justin Bieber type situation. Yeah. But it's never the same situation, I think, as, as what you ladies have to deal with with bangs. 
like you've never had your heart broken and then we're like, I'm going to cut some bangs. No, the gay equivalent is shaving your head or bleaching your hair. Like, that's what we do. Oh, well, you did shave your head a few years ago. Was your heart broken? No, that was just like, (laughs) I mean, that is just like, I was getting so annoyed with it. But then I, you know, I'm very lucky that I do have a full head of hair. So then I remind myself, like, let it grow out. You know, you're lucky that most of the men in my family are balding. So I'm lucky here. Hold, you know, hold on as long as you can, Eric. Truly. <laughs> During this time, especially, I'm like letting the hair grow out. I'm like, I'm not going to shave it all off, even though that's easier. I was like, I'm going to see what I can do. I might end up with a headband next time you see no. me with my hair okay, back. Can I tell you, I'm really into guys that wear the little headbands when they're working out. Oh my God. I'm going to order one. Yes, Let's please. Pop up on the next Instagram live with you with a headband. Or one of those hair accordions, remember, that were so big? I don't hey, know. Just Google it. Google it. Because you'll hair know exactly accordion. what I'm talking about. Is that the technical term? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> okay, so we need to talk about Sutton then. Okay, Sutton, I am still deciding. So check in with me next week because I don't, she's, I don't know. She's kooky. She's definitely kooky, which... We do value, I think, in a housewife. Look at Sonia Morgan. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about her because she's very different than Garcelle. And I took to yeah. Garcelle, but I, I am, I'm not taking to Sutton just yet. But I think I need to see how she continues to interact and what she delivers in the next couple of episodes, if that makes well, sense. And I think people were sort of surprised because we knew that Sutton was going to be joining a while ago, but now, you know, she's not actually a real housewife. She's a friend up, but I do know that she's still heavily present all season. So I think that's something to keep in mind. I, okay. Here's what I find fascinating about her is that she got divorced, still has more money than God. And it's like, how does someone spend that kind of money like that outfit she walked out in I mean it's so like it's couture right so it's not necessarily practical fashion like it's almost like she is trying to wear pieces of art in a lot of ways but does that translate into making you an approachable or relatable person in day-to-day life probably not but like you said, she has so much money that I don't think she cares. I know. Don't you think, though, that designers at a certain point just mess with people and are like, we're going to tell, like, it's like the emperor has no clothes or whatever. Like, you're just going to say, oh, this amazing thing. And then they're just like, can you believe we got her to spend so much money on that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, there's probably a little bit of that that does happen. Like, wow, I can't believe that she actually pulled that off. But, you know, going back to her outfit that she debuts when she's with Rinna, the Dolce & Gabbana look, I, I was sort of like, what is she doing? But then I thought, you know, if that were Lady Gaga wearing that exact outfit, I would have been like, yes, queen, you know, like it's true. she could yeah. have rocked that. And like, imagine her on, you know, Jimmy Fallon wearing something like that. Like it's edgy, but it's like kind of soft still, you know, like there, it, there are people who can pull off those looks. And I don't know Sutton well enough at this point to know if she is one of them. You know, right. we have a lot more to learn about her. I wanted to also talk about 
that lunch between Denise and Erica and Teddy and Garcelle mm-hmm. because it was weird. Yeah, I sort of felt a little uncomfortable watching it and I wasn't really sure what everyone was getting at. And and I, I really saw it more from Denise's perspective than anybody else's because like she says in her interview, I've known Charlie for a long time. I know how this stuff works. I know what I'm doing. I don't need your advice. Okay. So I saw it more from Erica's point of view where I was just like, you don't even know if you have to show up to court. That's the whole reason you need a lawyer is, and I, and I know that they probably have their own special relationship, but he's also, I don't know the term to use, but he's <laughs> pretty erratic. So how do you know that he's not going to change his mind and go after you and like all your money, you know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think you don't, but just given Denise's experience with him and knowing that she never went after his money, you know, there's all sorts of weird things that they've done to each other over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, however long it's been, that I think in a weird way, she trusts him and she trusts that erratic behavior and she trusts that she knows how to handle it. But it, it did seem like everyone was trying to have her back and give her advice and like help her through this particular situation. But she was just sort of like, I don't need it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm also so curious to know when Denise's talking head interviews were filmed because, you know, not to jump ahead, but we'll talk about the end of this episode, but it's like, I think sometimes they do these reshoots, not reshoots, but they, they wait until the end to do all of the interview questions and that would, of course, color how she's reacting to everything. Do you know what I mean? Like Definitely. after a season of feeling betrayed or whatever by these women, I just I just wonder when they were filmed. I wish we knew. Right. Well, and I think what they do sometimes, too, are a round of interviews early in the season and then a round of interviews later and then maybe possibly a third towards the end, which we can tell by the different interview looks that we see over the course of a season and maybe we should pay closer attention to Denise's interview looks because the gold sort of tank top that she wears seems to be the one, the look that she has in the end and the producers are like, are you ready to talk about what happened? Because the sort of last two minutes of the episode, we know that she stops filming in December, but filming probably started around September. So, you know, there definitely was probably at least one round of interviews before whatever happens with her leaving and flipping off Bravo and the whole thing that we sort of see. So yeah, I mean, we should probably pay attention to the outfits and see if we can sort of figure that out as the season plays out. The one thing that also kind of colored, I think how I was looking at that little weird interaction at lunch was Denise was really rude to that waiter. She said, I wanted a Casamigos Reposado. And he goes, this is a Reposado. She goes, no, this is a Blanco. I wanted a Reposado. But like, they even showed Erica being like, like had a look too. I don't know. I, I can't tell sometimes if Denise has always been this way and we're just now seeing her in a different light. Mm-hmm. Or if maybe she's got a little bit of a different attitude this season. Right, if there's a different side that perhaps we haven't seen, and that's a little bit what we hear about in the trailer from things that Tina says and whatever, so maybe there is another side of her we'll see this season. 
But it also does kind of remind me of Real Housewives of Orange County when they're at the tea party this past season and Bronwyn is like, can I please have a glass so I don't have to drink out of a bottle? And it comes across, I know. It comes across so elitist and like Gina gets annoyed with her being like, oh my God, like come on Bronwyn. And so maybe it's one of those moments where the person doesn't mean anything by it, but just the tone of their voice and the way it's delivered. And especially when it's in a situation where you're talking to a server and someone, you know, who you should still have respect and kindness towards, you know, it could have just read the wrong way, but maybe it was because, you know, Denise was just like projecting onto the waiter how annoyed she was with the conversation at hand. It does, I think, say a lot, you know, about somebody, the way that they interact with servers. Oh, I'm so sensitive to it. So can we talk about the ending of the episode? Yes. What the hell? First of all, love that they didn't make us wait till whenever to see some of this stuff. That they're like, look, we know you've been hearing things in the press, so we're going to give you more of a taste than we usually do about what's to come. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, what? Like, what makes Denise stop filming altogether? The part where she's like, bravo, bravo, bravo. Oh. I am not doing this, you guys. We stop, I'm stop. Bravo, bravo, and bravo. I'm out. I'm not doing this. Denise has a secret. That was crazy. I know. Well, I think there's something interesting happening here. And... We always talk about the fourth wall breaking down and how that does once in a while become part of the storylines. And we saw it on this past season of Real Housewives of New Jersey with the finale episode and Teresa and everything that happened there that I feel like it's almost part of the next stage of evolution for reality television to be a little bit more aware. You know, when I used to work on Oxygen and we were working on Bad Girls Club, it was always such a big deal when the producers got involved. Like, and that would only happen on occasions where the women, you know, would get physical with each other or, you know, there would be a situation at hand that the producers would have to get involved. And I think seeing that fourth wall breakdown is so interesting to a lot of viewers and not everyone is sitting there being like, let's just pretend this is all glossy and there are no cameras. And as much as that's sort of the angle of how the producers are often filming these shows and and, and putting these shows together, that I think particularly with this season of Beverly Hills and what happens with Denise is that production is going to have to become part of the storyline in so many ways that this might be how this season is evolved and, and different than all the other previous seasons of Beverly Hills. Well, and it's also interesting to me because I feel like it's also production saying, nope, you're not going to get away from this by, by threatening to expose the fourth wall. Like, you want to, like, play that game? We'll beat you at it. Because, like, if you think about the Real Housewives of New Jersey and how Teresa's like, well, they're not going to use that, are they? Right. And then she looks right into the camera and gives the finger because she's hoping that they don't use that. And they're like, nope, we're using it. And now you look even more, you know, guilty. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of like, and I think we even saw it at the end of Real Housewives of Orange County with sort of Vicky's meltdown. It's almost like producers are holding everyone a little bit more accountable for yeah. their actions and yeah. their behavior and the things that they say. And I think there's a lot of value in that in just 
in just overall storytelling for these shows. So uh, I think this could definitely take Beverly Hills to the next level and almost get it back to sort of how the show began, you know, where everything did feel really raw and the dark issues, the skeletons in people's closets were, were starting to come out, you know, season one, season two with everything that, you know, I've been rewatching those too. So it's like fresh in my brain. But it just, I don't know, there's something about, I, I think, how this season could play out that could really change the format of how we do our shows. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I've also always loved about Beverly Hills, because it is my favorite franchise, is that even how they've called out each other in terms of, like, you're trying to contrive a storyline and I'm not going to have it. Like, the whole Lisa Renna telling Vanderpump you said, we're going to, you know, I'm going to bring everyone into this about the whole Munchausen's thing. And then last season, the whole puppy gate thing, which dear God, let's never revisit that topic. <laughs> but I just, cause I think Bravo, we hear this all the time working there that one of the things that Bravo prides itself on is how authentic we want everything to be. We don't want contrived storylines. And so I don't know. I just love that we sort of stick to that and are like, no, we're not letting anyone get away with not being completely authentic. Absolutely. And for you in particular, I know you must be thrilled about the fact that Brandy Glanville will be playing a huge part in what happens this season. <laughs> I love Brandy Glanville. Yeah, I'm excited to, there, there's a lot of alums making their, you know, guest appearance returns this season which i'm i'm excited about even like adrian you know like bring her yeah. sure I w i'll take it you sure know? why not <laughs> i'll take it i got the chance to interview my girl erica jane we talked about her reaction when she found out she was going to be on broadway why new york city holds such a special place in her heart and she reminisced about what it was like meeting Janet Jackson. Plus, Erica reveals a little more about why she decided to defend Denise Richards' marriage in that preview clip in this week's episode. So here's that interview. So ladies and gentlemen, you know that I started on the podcast with a little segment called the most Erica Jane moment of the week. And now my journey has come full circle because I am here with Erica Girardi herself talking Beverly Hills. Hi, Erica. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you and Tom doing in isolation? What have you guys been up to? You know what? We've been spending a lot of time talking to each other at the dinner table, and it's actually kind of fun. I mean, we're actually getting along really well. So I've been gone for a while, so, you know, hey. Right. Making up for a little bit of lost time. Making up for, yes, absolutely. How is Tiago enjoying all of the company with you guys at home? Is he just soaking up all the attention? Yeah, Tiago's great. He's in a great place, and he's, you know, he's a great boy. Have you been cooking? What is it that you've been up to that's like keeping you occupied right now? Well, I have been cooking. You know, I made some great homemade chicken chicken soup, chicken and rice soup. I've been making homemade bolognese. And I've been watching the news a lot. I'm a news junkie, so I've been watching mm -hmm. the news a lot. And just staying informed and getting ready to start this new Beverly Hills season 10. Right. So, I mean... We're leading up to the season at this point. You know, are you in a group chat with the other ladies? Are you guys FaceTiming and, and chit-chatting about the upcoming season? Well, we've been chit-chatting more so about everybody being at home. Now, right. But we have mostly been checking on each other's families and how everyone is doing. 
Of course, yeah. Who have you been in touch with the most? Do you guys have like a group chat going on or are you kind of individually checking in with each other? I decline that answer. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> now, thinking about every time we see you on the show, you're always dressed up to the nines. While you're stuck at home, are you maintaining that level of fashion or are you kind of stuck in PJs like the rest of us? Now, I'm not stuck in PJs today. I did get up and like put on, I'm, 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 I'm certainly not glammed out or anything like that, but I did get out of my PJs. Okay, so, that's fair. You know, I, <laughs> Do you miss your glam squad? I mean, listen, I'm not working, so I miss them as friends. I don't miss them in the sense that I need my hair and makeup done every day. Right. Where is um, Mikey quarantined? Are you guys still in touch through this whole process? Of course. Mikey and I have been friends for over a decade, and we talk every day. Yeah. Now, getting into this season a little bit, when we first start off, we are in New York City for Fashion Week, and you kind of bring the girls around, showing them a bit of your former life. So talk about those early days when you were in New York City and how it feels when you come back to the city to visit. Well, it's interesting because I moved to New York when I was 18 years old, and I think that we cover one of the clubs that I used to go go dance in when I was there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's almost a surreal moment to go back to something 30 years later. Obviously, I knew at that point I was going to Chicago, but no one else did. You know, there was always that in the back of my mind, how far I've come, look at life coming full circle. And I mean, I think that, you know, every year you get to learn a little bit more about people and about the women and their lives and things that they've done. And this is just one of my small stories in the, you know, book of life. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like a special connection with the city when you come back? Or do you sort of look at it as like, this is, this is in my past? Oh, God, no. I mean, I, I still feel the same way. It, listen, it was the first city I ever moved to outside of my hometown. So mm -hmm. I grew up there, was married there, you know, had my son there. So I, love New York very much. A, a lot of big milestones in my life happened in New York City. So, Absolutely. of course, being there every time and then being there again for four months for Chicago, I mean, I know the city quite well. I mean, right. it was my home yeah. for years. Now, there are a couple new faces this season. So you meet Sutton pretty early on, and you guys bond over being Southern. So what was your first impression when you met her? Well, Southern, I mean, Sutton has impeccable manners and she's really a quintessential Southern lady. She's very well raised and, you know, she's opinionated and it's kind of fun. I mean, she, you know, she's very Southern and it's nice. It's nice to feel that. Yeah. We see her at one point with Lisa Rinna and she's in this like epic Dolce & Gabbana getup. We know that she loves herself some couture. So what do you think of Sutton's style? I mean, listen, that's the great part about everybody is you get to express yourself however you want. You know, I think that I love it that someone else enjoys fashion and clothes and design. I think that's wonderful. But yeah. the great part is that we're all free to be ourselves. However you interpret fashion is, is your own thing. You know, you put your own twist on it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you could trade closets with anyone else in the cast, who do you think it would be? You know, the thing is, I haven't seen Sutton's Closet. So mm -hmm. my first inclination would be Dorit. Yeah. And then I'd like, but as a backup, I'd like to see what Sutton has, because I think she's got some things in there, but I wasn't able to see it. Right, right. I feel like she probably has like multiple closets, too. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I just thought, I mean, it's possible. I just haven't, you know, I just haven't been to her house. I've been to her house, but I haven't seen her closets. Right. Okay. Well, you have to put that on the to-do list at some point, because we got to know what's in there. 
Another new face that we meet this season is Garcelle, of course. Did you feel a little bit more connected to her when you found out that she had a son close to your son's age? Of course, you always do. It's like Kyle with Sarah. You know, you talk yeah. to people who, you know, whose kids are, you know, long out of school, who are adult. You know, you have, you're talking to people with adult children. You know, Teddy has a newborn. You know, Dorit's got little kids. And Rena's are, you know, early 20s. But Amelia's still a teenager. And so... Yeah, you're talking to someone with an adult child. Right. She loved your entrance, too. You were wearing that big epic coat with, like, those jewels. And she was like, that is how you make an entrance. So I think you left uh, a pretty oh, good well, first impression. That was, we, were, we, um, we were coming from the Jeremy Scott for Moschino fashion show. So, uh-huh. of course, I mean, that's an over-the-top, you know, show anyway. So that's right. how you do it. Well, let's talk a little bit about Chicago, because obviously that is huge. And we were all so excited to hear about your part. So congratulations on that. Can you explain a little bit about the feeling that you had when you first got the part? Well, look, I mean, overwhelmed, I think would be a great way to say it. I mean, what an opportunity in such an iconic show, the longest running American musical uh, in history. And you know, Roxy Hart has been played by some real legends and is an incredible part to have. Growing up in a Bob Fosse-inspired studio, I mean, this was this was kind of like a huge thing. Not kind of, it's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, it's a big uh, deal. Absolutely. And talk a little bit, I mean, you are a performer. What is it like being on a Broadway stage versus kind of when you take your show on the road in a tour? Oh, it's completely different. I mean, look, is it, two different things. You're talking about the Ambassador Theater, a, you know, an iconic Broadway musical. Everybody knows Chicago. Everyone knows Roxy Hart. So when you step out there, there's nothing like being on Broadway. There just isn't. I mean, you can perform anywhere else in the world. You can perform in arenas. You can do whatever you want. But there's something about going to the theater seven days a week, six days a week, and, you know, giving eight. Sh- yeah, going to the theater six days a week. That's right, because you have one day off, and but you do right. eight shows. So <laughs> there's something about that, you know, there's, yeah, there's, you know, there's the chandelier that hangs. I mean, it's just, it's, you crawl up the steps, it's, you know, your dressing room and you're waiting in the wings. And I mean, there's just, there is nothing in the whole world like it. Every performer should have that incredible opportunity to yeah. really live in a show, you know, on Broadway. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we know that the ladies come and see your performance at one point this season, but outside of that, did you ever find out that there was maybe someone in the audience and then it made you like nervous to hit the stage? Because like you said, it's Broadway, so you never know who might be sitting out there. Well, I was nervous when Janet Jackson was there. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That would be a big one. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that big enough for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, that is the, that is pretty much the biggest for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you, you did get to meet her backstage, right? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. What was that moment like for you? Um, we share a mutual friend, so it was great. And I was just thrilled that she came. Alexander Wang was with her. And, you know, it, they were just, they're very nice people. She's lovely. And it's always, you know, you know she's there. And, I mean, like, everybody in the whole theater, all the, the entire cast was like, shit. You know, right. much in the audience. I mean, <laughs> right. If there's ever a night to sing and dance good, it's tonight. Okay. Right. <laughs> of course. So at the end of the episode, there's sort of this montage about, you know, there's a black card that comes up and it says, Denise stopped filming in December. 
And it's sort of this moment where they show a bunch of scenes of her filming with you guys, but she's very emotional. She kind of walks off and she says something about like, I am a very married woman. And you say you should, you shouldn't feel like you have to defend your, your marriage. And it sort of feels like you're taking that moment to sort of step up and, and support her in, in that moment where she seems upset. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, no one should have to defend their marriage because that's between Denise and her husband. You know, that's, that's theirs. And whatever alleged thing happened between she and Brandy is between the three of them. The only reason the women got involved in the first place was that Denise had said things about us. Mm -hmm. So we got all of the information at one time. Okay. All right. Well, we are very much looking forward to the season. Thank you so much, Erica, for taking the time to talk with us today. And Enjoy the Thank rest you. of your time in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. You too. Take care. Be healthy. Thanks, Erica. Bye-bye. Well, should we talk about Real Housewives of New York? Yes. Real Housewives of New York City. I want to see this vision board that Ramona has put together because I cannot even imagine a day in Ramona's mind, never mind putting her thoughts onto a vision board. <laughs> Like, what does it look like? I, <laughs> I'm just laughing because, like, I'm picturing it, and it's just, like, like Chaos. a Jackson Pollock. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, Pinot Grigio, some vodka over here, you know, like, a <laughs> like I don't know, like the Hamptons. <laughs> oh, Ramona. I have to say, though, and I never thought I would say this, but I am really loving Ramona this season, and I don't know what it is about her because I don't think she's necessarily changed. I think she's, you know, <laughs> been the same old Ramona for quite a while. But there is something about her this season that is like really like I'm I'm into it. And that hasn't always what do been you mean? well what is know. it do you think? There is, I think, a softness that we're seeing in her a little bit more. And perhaps it's because Bethany's not around. I don't know. But I, I was do gonna say I think there's something we're seeing in Ramona that we haven't before, but there's still these sort of classic Ramona moments, like her making Tinsley and Leah clean up after everyone. Uh, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. These, <laughs> these girls don't know anything. You gotta do it. This is not like when I hang out with my, my friends, my other friends and my daughter's friends. They like, they clean up everything and do everything. I didn't hire someone for today. Okay, well I'll help. Like what are you talking about? Pouring herself another vodka. I'm just like, you know what? Okay, she's still the same Ramona, but I, I think maybe she has grown, she's learned. And you know, no matter how old you get, you can always, learn something and change and you know she's a few of the last couple reunions she she says that she's learning more about herself and that she's changing and she's kind okay, of okay Eric Ethan she says that at every reunion okay? I know but we I'm, can't believe it <laughs> I'm saying maybe this time around there is some truth to that okay what do you think about Luann throwing a fit about her room? Give me a break. A basement is a basement. Well, there's just always something about Luann and the room that she's placed in. I mean, if it's not the fish room, it's the sub-level of the Hamptons house that she's staying in and it's too cold down there. Or it's, what was it, too cold or not cold enough? I think it was too cold. It was too cold. Well, because you know Ramona loves, loves her AC. Which I am on board with that. I need to be freezing to go to sleep so I can just like 
bury under the covers and like just hold the warmth in there and like the outside air is is ice cold. So I would love the room that Luann was assigned, but you know, Luann has to remember the intentions behind it because I think Ramona offered it to her because there was a private bathroom. She was like, let me give Luann, you know, a nicer place to stay than maybe Tinsley or Leah because I think she views Tinsley and Leah as the young girls, you know, they can share a room or they can stay somewhere else. So there was good intention behind it. But of course, you know, it wouldn't be Luann if there wasn't something wrong with it. Also, give me the basement. Like it was all the space to yourself. You have your own TV. No one's going to bother you. The only thing I would complain about if I were assigned to the basement would be if there were no service down there. Service? Yeah. Oh, like, I, <laughs> what went through my head was that like you would want, like I would want, who's going to bring me my drink? Who's going to serve me food? Well, I mean, that's true. But, no, like a phone service. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's Wi-Fi in the house, you should be fine. But often, you know, basements can be a little dodgy in terms of having cell phone service. So that might be my biggest gripe as opposed to the temperature of the room. Should we talk about the tattoo conversation? 100% we should because you guys will hear my conversation with Leah in next week's episode. But... We can get a little bit into it now because a lot of what we talked about, me and Leah, was the tattoo shaming and how we both think it was pretty ridiculous. Ridiculous. And what's really funny, actually, is you know about the wrist tattoo I have here, like the waves, right? So this is the one that I think is clocked most often by people especially when we're doing podcast interviews and I'm right across from them and I talk with my hands. Like that's just a thing most people do. And I do specifically remember interviewing Ramona once and I remember her clocking my tattoo. I saw the eyes shift to like when I had my arm up and she saw that I had the tattoo on my wrist. And I know that it happened once with Sonia and it's happened with a few of the other people that we've interviewed. But I do kind of remember the sort of potential judgmental look on Ramona's face when she saw mine. So I was like, okay. And it's just one of those things that when you have tattoos, you sort of, you you know when people notice. And my dad will say it all the time because he has full sleeves. So people will look at him like he's this big scary guy. And then he's actually just a really like sensitive teddy bear man at the end of the day. But I, I just, overall, it's so wild to think that in today's day and age, people are being judgy about tattoos. No, because no one can believe that I agree with her. Who, how do I agree with a woman who has tattoos? Well, I don't mean it that way. This is nuts. I know, especially because I wanted to be like, $10,000 says Avery has a tattoo that Ramona just hasn't seen yet. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. You know, like, it just, I don't know. It's so silly to me. And also, Everyone I know has tattoos. It's more rare to meet someone who doesn't have one than it is to meet someone who does. Well, and in the larger scheme of things, let's look back on, you know, the last few years of everyone on this show's behavior. (laughs) You know what I mean? And let's, let's save our judgments for other things that might be more harmful to individuals on this cast than Leah having tattoos. Right. <laughs> and right. I'm not going to, you know, point fingers, but... Well, it's like Sonia being like, 
I would never have sex with someone who has tattoos. You won't have sex with someone who has tattoos, but you'll have sex with someone who's had sex with a few of your friends already, you know? So it's right. like, where do you draw the line on like, well, I'm too classy for tattoos, but I'm not too classy for this behavior. You know, it's just sort of like, all right. Yeah. Let's think about that. I love that Tinsley has toppers initials. I don't know why I just do like their I relationship always fascinated me just because they were together for so long and like are still on somewhat good terms and stuff. But I don't know. Well, according to Sonia, it's not his initials, but it stands for real lusty moment, which is not even clever. That's weird, <laughs> right? I thought it was pretty clever. I don't know. And you'll hear in next week's interview with Leah, too. She thought that it was real lucky moment. And I was like, well, it That's could go better. that way. Yeah. <laughs> it could go either way. Okay, so Sonia runs information back to Dorinda real quick, and that sort of causes an issue where Leah was off to a really good start with everyone in the Hamptons, and then boom, Sonia stirs the pot per usual, and now Dorinda and Leah are starting to get into it. It's just what Sonia does. <laughs> And it's She's why we love the her. straw that stirs the drink and also <laughs> the pot. <laughs> I mean, it's very much like it makes me think of Ashley Darby on Potomac. You know, there's always one person that you can count on to stir the pot. But I think we can also think of it as <laughs> moving the story forward. Like we need that on these shows. Somebody has to do it. And I think Sonia is always quick to take that responsibility and I'm appreciative of that. I'm also just very guilty of this thing because I once was at a party. Okay, this girl, Alice and Stacy. So Stacy was dating Alice's friend and Alice was like, you know, just please take it slow. You guys have, are just moving so fast. And Stacy told me, don't tell Alice, uh -oh. but I'm moving in with him next week. And I immediately <laughs> no. went to Alice and was like, oh my God, guess what Stacy just told me. I mean, to be fair, I, I was a little drunk, but it was just like, I just have a really hard time keeping secrets, you know? Well, Don't tell me your secrets when I'm drinking. Right. Well, and in your defense, obviously, if they were moving in together, that was going to be revealed eventually so exactly and i'm also just moving the story along you know right. you were just expediting the information just trying yeah. to make sure everyone was on the same page and obviously she was going to find out and maybe it's better that she found out from you and not somebody yes. else i don't know right. <laughs> i got your back okay thank you <laughs> i wanted to ask you what you thought about what luann said at dinner to everyone about what everybody has gone through with her in the last year. I was so busy taking care of myself that I didn't realize that the ashes also fell on you guys. Do you know what I mean? You got hit with the ashes too because I like an it, analogy. Became, it became where the dust came on you and you didn't know what to do, how to react. Do I drink? Do I not drink? And I didn't realize how much it really did weigh on you guys too. Do you know what I mean? Because I was so busy trying to take care of myself and as I'm going through this recovery and healing and renewal, I've realized I wanted to make amends to you all and say how much oh I love gosh. you and that oh my God, this you is too. And it's not been easy. It's been a whole ride and thank you for being there for me. If I'm being honest, 
I don't think Luann is really that's remorseful or sorry. And I mean, because look, I think that politically she needs to say, I'm sorry, right? Like everyone told her you were such a monster. You need to apologize at the reunion. So I think now she's doing some damage control, but the proof is in the pudding and the fact that she's already complaining about her room and how, you know what I mean? Like she just, she's not going to change. She's always going to be that person. Right. I mean, I guess, right. I guess thinking about was it authentic? Was it sincere? Did it come from a, a genuine place? Perhaps not. Was it the right thing to do? Absolutely. Out yes, respect, I agree. Yes. Yeah, out of respect for your friends and what you put them through and who was there to support you, et cetera, et cetera. I do wonder if she has had that same conversation with Bethany considering we know she's not at the table, but we know she was a big part of everything that Luann went through. So that's something we may never know. But I did think, I wonder if this conversation had been had with Bethany. I wonder if it had been had with Barbara Kay, good old Barbara. Who knows? You know, that is a really good point. Because honestly, does Luann even still speak to Bethany? Does she try? Because Bethany did do a lot for her. I think... If and when we get to talk to Luann, we should ask the podcast. That is number one, maybe number two question. Maybe we butter her up with something else first before we go in for the the big right. word. I think also another way in, which I did on the Instagram live when I talked to her and and Leah and Sonia was, I asked her to sing a little bit of her new single "Viva La Diva," and she did. And honestly, it sounds extremely catchy as many of her songs are so i was watching when you did that interview and can i tell you i got nervous for you because i think that people look so awkward when they have to listen to someone <laughs> because you have to do like a little bit of bopping around to show that you're enjoying it yep. and i was like oh god is he gonna look like such an idiot but you didn't you look Thank totally you. natural well there's also like on instagram live a slight delay so you're always like maybe bop into the beat, but you're always like offbeat. You're on like the ones and threes and, and you're just like, oh, whatever. But I always get uncomfortable watching Andy do it on Watch What Happens Live, where it's like, he's just, I are can't. Are you thinking of, you thinking of the But I'm doing it. I think more so when someone like Sonia is doing a cabarlesque for him. I am excited for her next single. And I do, yeah. her music is catchy and say what you want about Countess Luann, but she always delivers when it comes to a housewife single. <laughs> sure does. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I also got the chance to speak with Tom Sandoval, who I actually woke up from a nap. We talked about how he's staying sane in quarantine, how he's helping his TomTom staff during this difficult time, and he reveals which celebrities caused him to be starstruck. Plus, he shares an update on his friendship with Jax Taylor, which eh, isn't going so well. Let's take a listen. Okay, guys, we are here with Vanderpump Rules, Tom Sandoval. How's it going, Tom? Great. Hanging out. (laughs) So what have you and Ariana been up to? Being in self-isolation, hanging out at the new house. Have you been making some new cocktails? Yeah. And also I've been cooking. We've both been working out actually a lot, (laughs) which is uh, funny. Like, I feel like everybody, you know, people call that call it like the COVID uh, 15 you know I feel like right. people, like again the COVID 15 I feel like I've lost the COVID 15. Okay like, all right yeah are you doing like YouTube like home workouts I've seen a lot of it posted on social media well we have um we we kind of set up like a gym in one of our rooms so we have like a treadmill and then we have this tonal it's a company called tonal and they make like this machine that like sits flat on a wall and you can basically do like lap pull downs, bench, like everything. It's amazing. Okay. All right. Yeah. You two are going to be jacked by the time you get out of quarantine. Like <laughs> the rest of us, not so much. <laughs> Have you seen any of your other cast members? Has Tom been by? Yeah, actually Schwartz has been by her a couple of times because we've been doing, we set up a cameo so we could raise money for our, uh, Tom Tom employees because obviously you know with everything going on you know all restaurants are well Tom Tom's definitely closed so of all of uh, Ken and Lisa's other places and you know I know people are struggling and we just want to do you know anything we can to, to to help out you know I've definitely been there before we you know mm-hmm. I know we've all been in that place where we've been like you know living check to check and and you know so it's like devastating even to like lose one shift, let alone like, you know, weeks, possibly months of working. Right. No, of course. I mean, so how much have you guys been able to raise so far? Are you raising a decent amount of money? Yeah. Well, we've raised 14 grand and then wow. we so we would match it up to 10. So as of right now, we're at 24. That's amazing. You know? That's so yeah. great. Well, now, like, I'm what bro- else? Would- my goal is my my goal is like my goal is forty five, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that Listen. way, because yeah. we have sixty nine employees, and that way they'll get like around like six hundred dollars. That's my goal. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, so thinking about like you know, California right now is obviously just like here in New York is kind of one of the the hot spots for what's going on. You know, what would you say to people mm-hmm. who still want to support local businesses, like especially restaurants? Like, are would you say is it buying gift cards? Is it ordering takeout? Like, what would you say is the best thing for people to do to also help support? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, definitely order takeout, you know, or or have something you know delivered from them. I mean, that's about all they can do right now. Yeah, you know. But I know obviously money's tight with everyone. You know, so, you know, you do what you can, but obviously people got to, you know, if, you know, if if you're in a situation where, you know, money's tight, you got to look out for yourself too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. 
being in quarantine, are you watching anything either on Bravo or maybe on Netflix? I know everyone is talking about Tiger King, and I think a few of your castmates have talked about it too. So are you tuning into anything right now? Um, yeah, I did actually watch some Tiger King. Ariana had it on, and I, I kind of got sucked into it. Yeah, it's a very, very strange show. I don't think I watched, like, all of it, but I did watch a lot of it. Like, we just kind of binged it all. Uh, yeah in like one night <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's one of those you do get sucked in and you're just like what am I watching <laughs> yeah but like I can't look away right it's crazy right. <laughs> so like let's talk about yeah. this season so when you are watching everything back and sort of reliving what you've seen so far have you learned anything about yourself or about the group at large just watching everything you guys are going through this season yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it obviously, it can be very frustrating. It seems to me like, I don't know, it seems to me like people really like to sort of like, like have be like on a, like a team together or something. I don't know, or have some weird sort of like, unspoken alliance or, or something. It's just, it's so strange to me. Yeah, I know, like, you know, obviously, Jax and I, you know, obviously went through, you know, some uh like a rough patch obviously before you know like leading up to the wedding and then afterwards we were totally fine you know I even I hung out at like uh Brittany's dad's house after the wedding like we we just kicked it and then we were really tight like you know when we got back home we were hanging out but I think you know obviously as the season goes on and and uh, you know, Jack's, you know, I mean, we, we have like a, another like falling, like sort of falling out or a little. Tiff. Yeah. And I think Jack's was just trying to get ahead of it or something. I don't know what he was thinking, but he just, he, and even then, even then we were like, we were cool after that, you know, um, we ended up like, I mean, we hung out. I mean, you know, he came, come into Tom, Tom, I'd, I'd be over at his house. Right. But once the season started, it's just like, I mean, he just relentlessly, relentlessly going after me on social media. And then he'd come, like, it's like, I'd, I'd see like, you know, like eight to 10, like just complete bullshit or like asshole tweets from Jax. And then I'd see him at like Tom Tom the next day, he'd come in and be like, what's up, dude? And like high five me. And I'm like... The fuck like, okay. Me? <laughs> right. And, I, and like, it just, yeah, it was, I was just like, you know, it was relentless. And then it kept going. And then finally, I'm just like, dude, no, like, you're not going to do this. You're not going to make up, and, you know, he's just, I don't know. It's just been really relentless. And I think it's, yeah. I, I, I think it's sad and I think it's gross. Like, you know, Jax's wedding episode airing, you know, which should be like the happiest moment of his life. And he and instead he's like, there's like six tweets about, about me. Like he, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just really, it's like, dude, why, why would you be, if you don't like me, why would you even be talking about me? Like, just talk about, don't even talk about me. Talk about your wedding. Talk about how fun it was. Talk about how much, you right. know, how awesome this and that was. And the, the, yeah. I mean, why, I don't get it. It's just, yeah. Well, you know, we had Ariana on the show at this point, maybe like a month or, or so ago. And I was asking her, I was saying, do you, you know, feel like you always have to defend your relationship with Tom 
And and she basically was like, well, it's really only with this group of friends. Like, I don't understand it. So or, do you feel the same way? Is it like just sort of with this group of your friends that you feel like you have to always be defending yourself? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I, like, even, I, I couldn't even, I, I, you know, Bo and Stassi was on, were on Watch What Happens Live. And I guess somebody said, Andy asked Bo if he thought me asking Jax about the pastor came from like an authentic place. Bo said no. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. I'm like, what is, what is wrong with, what, what is up with these people? Like ask anybody where I come from and who I am. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jesus, that's crazy. Well, it's, it's sort of like, what other place are you really coming from? And, you know, and so. Exactly. It is. It is it's not an easy thing to ask. The, right. I mean, that was not an easy thing to bring up. Everybody thought it. It was on everybody's mind. And that's that's kind of another that's been another very frustrating thing too, dealing with like, you know, people will be like, Oh my gosh, can you believe this is going on? Can you believe that's going on? And we'll be like, Yeah, I know and I'll be like, Well, I mean, I'm gonna say something. This is crazy. And then I yeah. go and say something like, What what are you talking about? You know, it's like right. it's just crazy I'm like guys, we just talked about this. Are you f-ing kidding me right now? Right. right. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, you know, and also a big part of this season, we've really seen Ariana's struggle with depression and she's been very open about it. And I think as her partner, you have been such a great support system. So, you know, thinking oh, of that, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, what advice would you give other people who are dealing with something similar, like a partner who is struggling, you know, how do you be that support system for Ariana? I guess, I mean, I can't, I can't really like, I can't really like say something specific. I think the best thing is just to be like present, like not, not, not like annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being like, like present, present, like when, when somebody's talking, when you're having conversations, when you're hanging out, like be present, be, you know, and I don't know, I don't know, try to do well, things she- that, that, that are, that are, that, that, you know, you guys love and, and yeah, I mean. Well, you know, she mentioned yeah. to us too, when she was on the show that like, when she was in New York, you guys were on the phone every single night and you just, you really talk about everything. Like, I think you let you her do. talk and you listen and you do the same thing. And I think it's kind of just bringing it back, back to just kind of the fundamentals of being a good friend to each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we are like best friends and we like, there's such a, like a connection as far as like, I don't know. The, I I found I find that like you know maybe other relationships I've been in or, or whatever even relationships I've seen my friends in like there's a disconnect with the person that they're with and I mm-hmm. feel like the biggest thing is to have that connection to hang out to do things together to like but also to know that that's the person that you should be with to begin with because yeah I feel like sometimes people like are in relationships that maybe you know, they might not necessarily have that connection, but they've been in it for a long time. So they just kind of stay in that relationship. And then they're just like always looking for that time where they can go hang out with their friends, you know? Right. No, totally. Ariana is my best friend. So yeah. Yeah. And you've got a great best friend, I think. (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. I agree. Um, so you threw an extra themed party where it was just like, come as your most extra self. 
pretty much. Yeah. Jack threw a little bit of shade. I feel like now that he's married, he's sort of like, oh, what are these theme parties? Like, we're too old for theme parties. But then for his 40th birthday, he still chose to dress up in costume, right? So, like, what's the deal with that? I had no idea. I mean, a lot of, you know, I had no idea that Jax was, like, being such a freaking hater. You know what I mean? I had no idea. I mean... I'm just like, dude, what is the deal? Like, why I don't, I, anyways, I don't know. It's so right. weird. Like, yeah, he's going to say, but that's the thing. Jax, Jax has never, he never dresses up for like any party. This is not new. That's just like, I mean, he, he, you know, we were friends. He didn't show up to my, uh, me and Ariana had our cocktail book release party. He didn't show up for that. He didn't show up for Stassi's uh, book party. Which or her book release, like it wasn't the one that was on camera. That was a, that was just a book signing thing. Right, right. But she had her book release, um, and in fact, it was I think it was in March or April, and we Ariana and I were shooting our cocktail book, and we were literally like we had like six uh, shoot days that were like twelve to fifteen hours long. Damn. And we came after like our third day. We came right from shooting. We were so exhausted. We show up and Jack's like didn't even come. And he lived in West Hollywood. We were coming from the valley. Lived in right. West Hollywood. He just didn't feel like coming. He's the only person that didn't show up. So it's just, I don't know. It's just how he is. I know. I know. I mean, it's sort of like, <laughs> eh, we've, we've sort of known these things for a while. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know, that, yeah, I know if, like, if I'm having a party, Jax is, like, you know, if it's some sort of theme or if anybody's having a theme party, like, he's, you know, he's, he's going he's to grab whatever he can on the way out the door, maybe, or something, you know? <laughs> well, I also want to talk about the sort of mixed reactions regarding your fake arrest with the other servers. So in that situation, did you understand where Katie was coming from? Yeah, I mean, look, seeing somebody get arrested can be very triggering to people. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally understand that. Either way, I mean, I, I feel like everybody's kind of entitled to their their feelings and the way they feel about something and how it makes them feel. So I, I get where Katie is coming from. I maybe get where Schwartz is coming from. But either mm-hmm. way, I mean, I felt like Schwartz was just way out of line. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, I just, you know, people, yeah, people can get, get annoying when they're drunk or they'll fixate. Yeah, like, welcome to welcome to the real world that happens. But, like, he just was, right. I was like, dude, I wanted to fucking put him in a headlock. I was like, dude, just shut <laughs> off. <laughs> well, I'm glad like, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I was like, dude, stop. You're like, you're being so, I, I don't know. He... Schwartz, it, he can, you know, he's normally very, very nice, very sweet, and like, but he, every once in a while, like, something, something gets him triggered, you know. Yeah. And then he, and then he's like, you can't like tell, you can't talk to the guy. He's just like fucking done, you know. Yeah. Right. I wanted to ask you about some of the newbies this season. So, when it comes to Max, have you ever tried to like sit him down and give him some relationship advice, dude? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and has I mean, he listened? <laughs> yeah. I just I don't I don't know. I mean 
I think he's, uh, I mean, he, he's gotten more self-aware as of recently, as far as like, you know, I think he just gets, I, when I first met Max, he, he was just coming out of like a, he was kind of like, he was ending, or a, like a, almost like a two-year relationship was ending with him mm-hmm. and his girlfriend. And he was like, he was going through it. And I think, I think being that emotionally vulnerable with somebody and feeling like he doesn't have control of his emotions really like bothers him. So I think he struggles with, with that. And I think it, it sort of, that affects him like in his relationships, you know, and all, and obviously, you know, going out and, you know, meeting like, you know, hooking up with new girls or whatever, like it's, it's a distraction from that, you know, and I think he's realizing that more lately that it's just not a good thing. And it's not, I I mean, I think, you know, I mean, Max is, you know, he's, he's young, you know, and he's, he's in LA, he's young, he's, you know, manager of a popular restaurant. (laughs) Like, right. You know, I mean, I, I get it, like, you know. Yeah, you were once it. there, in a sense, you know. We yeah, all were. Dude, we I, all. Was a, I was a club promoter in Miami and New York, I mean, <laughs> and a model, like. Right, right. <laughs> have you seen him change, like, since the situation with Dana, did that have maybe a bigger impact on him and make him want to be more self-aware and sort of look in and, and try to change? I, it definitely has. It definitely has. I've seen a change in him for sure, especially like more recently. I'm sure watching the show too, like he sort of, that, that's always, it's always, it's crazy, you know, watching the show, watching things unfold. You, you, you learn a lot about yourself and situation and, you know, I think it's always a chance for people to grow, you know, yeah. and be better to learn, learn, you know, or to not learn. <laughs> right. right. Either way. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that you were recently on the Kelly Clarkson show, and yeah. I love Kelly Clarkson. Did you freak out when you met her? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I think Kelly Clarkson is the shit, and obviously, you know, Ariana does, but there's something about her that is very like it's like obviously she's a huge deal, but she just seems so like like not she's not intimidating the way you would yeah. feel around certain celebrities she's very just you feel like oh yeah Kelly like right. I don't know she's very approachable I feel like she's a very approachable yeah person. yeah it's really really cool like and she was super sweet super nice and then also I met uh Neil deGrasse Tyson oh my god oh that's my cool he's like a <laughs> huge huge hero of mine I love him and I, I asked him questions and <laughs> he wanted to meet us. So we went over to his, to his green room and I was asking him questions about dark matter. And, uh, you know, he was, he gave me some good answers. Damn. Good that's answers. so cool. That's really cool. So I was going to say, who does Tom Sandoval get starstruck by? Like who is someone that you've met besides Neil? We'll yeah. say besides Neil. Okay. Oh my God. Definitely like, uh Sia and like Lady Gaga that was that was pretty cool that was pretty major yeah I met Sylvester Stallone when I was like working at Phil Blanca 
bartending. That was like, I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up watching Sylvester Stallone. Movies. I loved action movies as a kid. Like, yeah. Love, I, I still love like watching, like when I'm working out in the gym, I'll like put on like old like Commando or like like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies or like Rambo or like. Right. I just love those like. <laughs> that's your inspiration, right? You're like, that's what I'm trying yeah. to look. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Well, Tom, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. And I hope you and Ariana stay safe, stay healthy, mix up some cocktails, keep working out. We're looking forward to seeing the post-COVID, you know, summer bod that you guys are going to be rocking. (laughs) Me too, man. (laughs) Keep it going. Thanks a lot. Okay, Real Housewives of Atlanta? Yes. So last week we talked a lot about Candy being a workaholic, the issues that it's bringing up in her family with Todd and everything. But the one thing that I think is important to remember, and this sort of ties back to what I've always said about Joan Rivers, and that is that she might be a workaholic, but she is a provider. And it does stem beyond her immediate family, the people that she supports in her family. It, it, it goes out to her employees. It goes out to maybe the people that we don't even see that Candy supports. And so then when she was sort of explaining that, I started to feel a little bit bad for being a little bit more critical of her being a workaholic. But I think it also comes back to you got to figure out the balance. And that's sort of what we see at the end of the episode with the therapy session she's in with Todd. Totally. And I mean, it was fair what Candy said about Todd. Like, you're doing the exact same thing. Every other week, it feels like he has a new business venture he wants to try. Yeah. So I think that they will work it out. Well, The one thing I worry about is the whole Kayla of it all in that Candy brought up how like he can be so cut and dry with his own daughter. And it's like, yeah. you wronged me, so I'm not going to do something nice for you. He wants to control what I do for Kayla. For instance, on her birthday, I wanted to give her some money. And they had a disagreement, fell out. So the money that we were going to be giving her, he was like, nah. Uh-uh, she, she need to call me, and I'm like... So that was her punishment? My daughter is 23 years old, and she's not being responsible. Okay. I don't want to teach her that you get for doing nothing, even if it's your birthday. It's her birthday. That's a little scary, I think. Yeah, no, that is true. And it is interesting, Candy bringing up the fact that they have different parenting styles, but they are parents. You know, biologically, they have Ace together already and this new one on the way. So I think it's time that they get their parenting styles in check because there are a lot of children involved in the situation now. So, you know, even watching their therapy session at the end of the episode, I was thinking right now during this quarantine time, the fact that they are forced to spend time together and there's nowhere for Candy to go, there's nowhere for Todd to go. I wonder how this experience is shaping their relationship. And I mean, hopefully it's for the better and they're learning a lot more about each other and their parenting styles and their relationship and all of that being forced together in this time. But it is just really interesting. We're watching all of this play out on the show right now and then knowing what's going on in real life at this particular time. It must be really interesting. And I'd love to hear, you know, 
what Candy has been experiencing in this time with Todd. You know, if she is a workaholic, how is she coping with not being able to be working all the time, you know? Right. Yeah, she must be losing her mind a little bit. But then again, she has like a huge mansion and then she has like a pool house and they have an indoor pool. And I think they have a lot of things to stay busy. But also, uh, Eric, do I hear bitter resentment <laughs> in your voice? <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing I wish I had access to right now, it is an indoor pool because that would just <laughs> be lovely at this particular time. I just want a dance floor. I want like how Paris Hilton has a club in her part or mm-hmm. her home or she used to. I miss dancing, you know? Yeah, I know. Also, can we just talk about how when Kenya and Candy are talking about the Todd situation, Kenya asks, well, what's his favorite food? And Candy goes, salads. Okay, so what is his favorite food? Salad. Okay. <laughs> what? Like, no, Candy, that's what he eats every day because he's trying to be healthy. I don't know that that's his favorite food. Oh, right, and Kenya's like, why don't you go pick him up some salads and bring them home? If Danny brought me home a salad to be like, here, I picked this up, I'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and we know that Candy doesn't have the most refined palate herself. Like, she is very much into, like, junk food and not eating super healthy. I mean, look at the menus at, like, OLG, you know? Like, it's all comfort food. So, I don't know how Todd's favorite food is salad, but I don't, I'm not with that. My thing that Aaron will buy me when he knows I'm upset is Papa John's pizza. Because I just have trash taste and he knows it, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, Papa Papa John's is problematic. I know, but the (laughs) sauce is delicious. What do you want me to do? (laughs) It's that garlic sauce, right? Or something that comes with it that you dip. Like that's the the garlic butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) Wait, I also want to talk about how, and you'll understand this because yes, you and I work at Bravo. We love working at Bravo, but Bravo is a part of a large corporation and there are just things at play at all times. Cynthia is the perfect example of upper management not understanding the day-to-day. Yes. Yes. Right? So she's talking to Mal, and Mal is like, well, here's what's going on. We're not open on Wednesdays. Like, we're soft on these days. Like, we need things here and there. And Cynthia's, like, proposing these ideas that, great, uh, glad to hear them. It's good that you're, you know, thinking (laughs) and doing these things. But in execution, probably not likely or not possible. And just the way that she was sort of trying to like be like, well, Mal, it's this easy. Just do this. And Mal was like, well, no, you don't really understand. Okay. Are you guys offering more of an incentive deal for some of the Lord nights? Like a cheaper rate for birthday Yeah, parties? like if somebody was having on a Wednesday and there's no real traffic on Wednesdays. We're closed on Wednesdays. I know, but if somebody wants to come in and do a party, then somebody can come and work a party. Okay, so we would change the signs because on our signs we're closed on Wednesday. So whatever those signs outside reflect, that's the days that we have to operate. A lot of people can probably relate to this and whatever, you know, their work is, that this often happens with bosses, that they don't always understand how it is on, you know, in the day-to-day process of things. And it's people like Mal who are dealing with that that are like, no, that's not how it works, Cynthia. Cynthia is to this wine cellar as Kyle 
is to this fashion show. Wow, that is so right. That is very accurate. Ugh, I wish I could make SAT questions based on Real Housewives situation. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just was sort of like, after everything Kenya put her through regarding like, how much do you know about wines? And then now Mal's being like, how much do you actually know about running a business? Like, I'm just sort of like, oh, this is not a good look, Cynthia. <laughs> you know what's something funny that I realized also when Cynthia and Kenya were talking about the Mark situation when they were in the closet and like all of that. Literally in the closet. As we were watching that, I said to Danny, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I realized I don't have your mother's phone number. And he was like, you don't? And I was like, no. That surprises like, me. I you've met her so much. Oh God, yeah. I mean, totally. And we see them all the time. But I think maybe because they're only in New Jersey, which is just right over the river. So it doesn't feel that far. And I do have the home phone number to like Danny's house where they live. Okay. Um, but I have individual cell phone numbers, which I thought was funny because Danny has both my mom. Actually, he didn't have my dad's number. He has my mom's number and the two of them text, but didn't have. But how do you send them? How do you send like the mom happy birthday texts? Well, usually it's just like on FaceTime, like when we're together or whatever, you know, especially mm -hmm. through this process, everybody's FaceTiming all the time. But yeah. do, you, do you like one off text Aaron's parents? Sometimes. But I also know people who like have very close texting relationships with their in-laws. Well, just have it just in case something happens to Danny, you know? Right. Right. Well, now I do. I do have Linda's number. So we're, we're all good. I mean, I guess the one thing I would add to that Kenya conversation in terms of like her not having his parents info and stuff, we're not getting his side of it. And not that I'm even a Mark defender because he seems like a jerk. Yeah. But like, maybe there's a reason he doesn't have a relationship with his parents. Like maybe there's, there's a thing there. Maybe he's protecting Kenya. You know, we don't know the full story. Yeah, well, and especially with the daughter involved, there could be something that he is protecting Brooklyn yeah. from. I mean, we, we don't really know. And it would be interesting to hear that information. But and, and what's the status of their divorce. divorce now? I don't know. All I remember is that she said that they're in the best place they've ever been. But it okay. couldn't tell if that was as friends or what. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm also very curious about the definition of what Kenya thinks of as the best place they've ever been. Right, like it, it was not a lot of greatest hits to pull from. Yeah, well, and it's interesting too, because throughout this episode, we see Portia and Dennis dealing with the fact that they're not living together. And it sort of feels like an issue that they had faced a long time ago in their relationship, where Dennis was like, I don't want to keep coming all the way out here but I also don't want to move back in because you already made me move out once. Granted, it was a good reason that she did that. So they're going back and forth about their living situation and how to figure that out. And Portia's oh. very much like, we need to be together. We need to live together. You need to come here. But like Kenya and Mark never even really had that experience of living together, except when he was in town visiting or vice versa. I just think he does not have a leg to stand on. You cheated on and publicly humiliated Portia. And now you're not just bending over backwards and giving her everything she's asking for. Where, sure? what planet are you from? Like, give her a wedding. 
move wherever she wants to and start making amends. What yeah, is with these people? I mean, it seems like the men. progress, <laughs> man, it seems like the progress we saw from him reproposing in Toronto. It seemed like everything was on the up and up. And uh, now it feels like we're a little bit stuck. They're a little bit stuck in this situation. And Dennis, like you said, is not really giving any leeway to the situation. And Portia's like, well, then you need to reprioritize what you're doing because your family is here. And you know Portia's not leaving that house. That's not going to happen. There's yeah. no way. So Dennis needs to come correct, I think, when he is talking about Portia and their situation and their life together. Rose and Thorn. Okay, let's do Rose and Thorn. Okay, what was your rose? My rose was absolutely Erica Jane taking all of the ladies to Shakers, where she used to work as a dancer. <laughs> I might see somebody I used to date in here. You never know. <laughs> do you know what's so funny about that? Is I, at my previous job, was taken to a strip club in New Jersey just for a drink because... The chef that I was working with grew up in the area. He was like joking, wanted to show us this place. And we went to a strip club that looked very similar to Shakers. And I actually texted one of my friends, an old coworker, being like, is this the place that Chef Ben took me? And they were like, no, you were further north in Jersey. And I was like, damn, I was like, I really wish that had been the place that I had gone to, knowing that like Erica had once worked there. Can we clarify, you don't mean Chef Ben from Below Deck? Oh my God, no. I do not mean Chef Ben from Below Deck, though I would not be surprised if he dragged me to a strip club at some point in my life. Love a strip club, but I'm with Denise where it's like, yeah, but I like going to a strip club where they take off their clothes. <laughs> right. And also like a little more, you know, professional pole dancing would be fun. No shade to the ladies there, but yeah, you know. Hey, time. Erica started from the bottom. Now she here. Okay. Oh. Very, very true. So what was your rose? My rose was also from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and it is Dorit wearing Fenty, not Fendi, but Fenty, because you know how I feel about Rihanna. Love and you some Rihanna. I love me some Rihanna, and I just love Dorit, and a lot of people are shady about Dorit's fashion. You admire her style yeah. more than anybody, and I... She has truly grown on me and her fashion has grown on me. And the fact that she's rocking Fenty, I'm just like, that makes me so, so happy. But I will also say my other rose this week is Brian from Family Karma posted a thirst trap on Instagram because he hit, I think, 20K followers. And obviously that's my other rose. Oh, obviously. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't send it to me. You usually send me all the thirst traps I need to be looking at. That's true. Okay, I'll go back and send it then because, you know, it's it needs to be seen. Yeah. What was your thorn? So my thorn is that the theme of Candy's baby shower is A Star is Born because have they seen the movie? You know, like, I, I understand the play on words, like, a star is born, a baby is born, but, like, it is a very sad movie about suicide. Right. It does feel like they're taking the theme a little too literally from the title of the movie and not really thematically involved in the in the storyline. Yes. So, Eric, what was your thorn? My thorn is Carl's behavior on Summer House because we are seeing him on this downward spiral 
there's a, an awful lot of drinking going on. He has notoriously struggled with his like work and job situation over the last couple of seasons. And he's missing phone calls for, you know, lover boy. Monday was like a, a wash. He didn't show up and he missed his call with, with Nick, my CEO. It's just like, you're getting a little too old to be falling apart this much. And you need to kind of get it together, Carl. Yeah. Especially after everything he put Lindsay through earlier this season and all that. Not that she's a saint, but there's just a lot going on there. And I, I just, I, I need him to, to get it together. Fair. So next week we have interviews with Leah McSweeney from Real Housewives of New York and Raquel Levis from Vanderpump Rules. And remember, watching Bravo isn't a guilty pleasure. It's self-care. Guys, let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long, not just Thursdays. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Daily Dish. And on Twitter at Bravo TV. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish. Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura. And I'm everywhere at Eric J. Mack. That's E-R-I-K. And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group. You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife, ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out. You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com. Bye, guys. Bye. Looking fine, and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy, miss me, kiss me one more time. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new. Stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers, the super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is JJ well, JJ JJ. Why are you yeah. Why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the in the in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like they are listening. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery. We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a Matthew wondering fan, then you're I'm gonna stone. Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.